Um, welcome to Monster Island Podcast, where it has been a really long time since anything was uploaded. And I, I'm sorry, guys, um, for all of you people that have actually bothered to listening to this, which I'm surprised is more than just the people that made these. Um, like it, it's been difficult, you know, with uh, the pandemic and everything that colleges, work, school, transferring stuff. Uh, bunch of stuff that well i can't really get into here but like <laughs> let's just say it's been um been a busy end of last year and beginning of this year really busy and yeah, <laughs> we actually um had two episodes that were supposed to go up but because of um something went wrong when they were being uploaded and so just the complete files just vanished just like that um it was actually about um the movie I'm going to be talking about today, The Ritual, and um, another one that was supposed to come up was uh, Last Man on Earth, but uh, yeah, um, because of how bad the internet was and everything like that, I was like, nope, we're not gonna, we're just gonna lose it again, so yeah. Sorry about that, sorry for everything, you know, it should have come out a while ago, should have just tried to muscle through, find another way, but oh, I'm sorry. So today, it is, uh, it's just me. If you want to like stop listening now, I completely understand, <laughs> and I encourage it. I don't blame you. I actively encourage you to do so. But today we are talking about the movie The Ritual, which is a Netflix exclusive. Um, it's based off a book, which I actually haven't gotten the opportunity to read because I have to. If I have to read something, it's for school or work. So, yeah. Either way, here's the description of the movie. <laughs> Reuniting after the tragic death of their friend, four college pals set out to hike through the Scandinavian wilderness. A wrong turn leads them into the mysterious forests of Norse legend, where an ancient evil exists and stalks them at every turn. Directed by David Bruckner, based on the ritual by Adam Neville, and the story is by Adam Neville, producers Andy Serkis, oh, I didn't realize he produced that, Jonathan Cavendish, Richard Holmes. So, um, just to start off the bat, uh, I really like this movie. Um, easily one of my second favorite Netflix original movie. The, uh, of, the only one that beats it out is, uh, The Outlaw King, because that movie is just awesome. Can't really talk about it here, because there are, like, no monsters, you know, unless you count the English as a monster, but that's an argument for a whole other time. So this is really like one of the only reasons to keep a Netflix subscription after they, you know, released cuties. Ugh. That, yeah, if they make a documentary about the producers of that movie, then I'll review that because that'll be some real monster action. Freaking sickos. But the movie, you know, it's um really good. I think the main thing that ties it together is just the relationships between the um main friend group. Because, you know, they... They never like actively like in some movies they actively like define like who the leader is like through narration and everything like that. There's no narration in this movie, but um, we do follow our protagonist who is like I think you're supposed to be see him as like you know relate to him, but like personally because the friend group like the dynamics were so well defined, I could recognize it. Like there's they've got the obvious leader, you know, even though they don't actually say he's a leader and they don't have like a leader, like it's unofficial but like he how he cares about everyone else and he 
tight, holds everyone together, you know, and he's always looking out for everyone. He's obviously the leader. Um, there's the one, the bitch who complains about everything who I could relate to. That is who I saw myself as. I was like, oh, that's me. That is me. I would complain about everything and start shit with everyone. <laughs> there's the friend who's, you know, just there. Like if he, if there's a group project with, um, uh, only allowed with, um, four people and, uh, he was the fifth member, he wouldn't be in it. You know, he, he's that friend, which I can kind of relate to him there too. Then there's, um, our protagonist who, he screws up sometimes and stuff like that. And people like, especially because of the most recent time in the movie, like that's the thing they don't let it go. At least the bitch one does. It's never clear, like, about what the others really think about it. You kind of get the sense that, like, through their performances and stuff like that, that they are little, like, they, with the guy bitching about, like, what he's complaining about everything, like, you kind of get the sense that they kind of feel it. Like, they'd never come out and say it, but, like, they might feel it a little bit, you know, which is understandable because um, the way that our protagonist, like, the way he screws up is that he, uh, well, he didn't save one of their friends. The movie opens up with them planning out this trip to uh, Sweden, you know, go hiking. And it was actually their friend who went, and he was, he's kind of like the one that, uh, you know, he's the likable one that help everyone can just get along with, you know? And so after they plan, plan the trip, they've been drinking and everything like that. And um, our protagonist, he uh, wants to go to the store to get some more. And everyone's like, oh, come on. No. But, you know, the friendly guy, he's like, yeah, I'll go with you. All right, let's go to the store. But turns out the store is actually getting robbed. And because this is England, nobody owns a gun. And so his friend ends up getting a metal pipe to the head and macheted. So, yeah. And, like, it's haunting him the rest of the film. That's his major thing is, like, he can't get over that. He could have done something. Like, he was holding a vodka bottle. And he thought about like going over there, but he just froze up and didn't do it. And so then they go on the hiking trip to um, honor their departed friend because it was he was the one that came up with it. It's actually kind of funny because uh, they're going they're going hiking in Sweden, but really it was filmed in Romania. And the ironic, the, ironic, the ironic thing is that they talk about how Sweden is like this. Um, uh, they pass laws and stuff like that where they can't like deforest, you know, their w- woods and everything like that. And that's, you know, woo, that's cool. Love national parks, love them. But the problem is, uh, because of that, um, the company IKEA, you know, the biggest company in Sweden. Think of Sweden, you think of meatballs, IKEA, and Vikings. <laughs> and so, actually, IKEA is. <laughs> the biggest problems in Romania because they are illegally um, cutting down trees in their national parks. I mean, like talking total deforestation here. And so, yeah, it's kind of ironic that, you know, they're supposed to be in Sweden, be, you know, they're in um, actually in Romania and Sweden is the one that's taken away the forests in Romania. I just found that as kind of ironic. I guess it really isn't that, Eh, whatever. It's just a neat trivia bit. So when they're uh, hiking back after, you know, they honor their friend and everything like that, you know, they pour one out for him. Um, the uh, complainer, he uh, um, hurts his leg. And so rather than doing the 
regular path home because that seems like a lot longer to the lodge. They think they can just cut straight through the forest, you know, back to the lodge. But just, it, it's a bad idea, you know. Everyone should be able to notice that. <laughs> it's just a really bad idea doing something like that. Especially when their leg is injured. Like, I know it might be take longer, but can you imagine try going through a forest with that, like a busted leg? Like, it's got to be terrible. Ugh. And so they do that. And then they start getting um hunted by this creature. A lot of cult, like, um a lot of weird mythological stuff happens. Uh, I guess when I say mythological, myth it's a mythological creature, but it's kind of mixed. It's hard to explain, really, because the nor the creature that's supposed to be is um oh forgive me for my um uh, pronunciation but uh, a jotun i'm not norse so i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but so it's a jotun which is a mythological creature they say it's actually a bastard son of loki but there's no way of proving that in the movie you know because it's shown that the creature has some like is intelligent it doesn't communicate but it is definitely intelligent because it has a cult that worships it that they've discovered later on. So the creature is called um Modor, that's a Jotun, which is kind of this vague creature in um Norse mythology, which is normally grouped up just alongside giants. And so they first discover it killed this um deer, and then they uh see how it um like that's the first hinting at it, and then they stay at dinner in this um shed that they find, and it has this weird um monument to it which um later on you find out is like the design of the um statue is actually its head and so yeah the crazy stuff happens in the night he dream our protagonist has a dream about they all have weird dreams about it one of them the you know the outsider in the group you know the just kind of there he uh actually wakes up naked praying to the statue of it which uh you know that's not the worst thing you could wake up praying to a statue of one time in uh, Vegas, I woke up praying to a statue of Shrek. Not my proudest moment, but not my worst either. It is what it is. So they're basically the, the leader of the group actually just tries to brush it off with everyone. It's like, oh, it's fine. We just got to keep pushing through. Come on. You know, he's trying to keep this strength facade. But later on, you start to see like over time, like he starts to be like open up more with uh, our protagonist. He's like, you know, like basically we're screwed. You know, at one point he even talks about how maybe he since he's the um healthiest there because um the complainer his leg is busted and um the outsider his feet actually start to get um you know pretty messed up probably not used to hiking didn't bring the right boat boots you know the drill uh <laughs> clearly uh, is infantry love gotta learn to love the blisters <laughs> so um he actually recommends him and he is actually the first one killed by the creature and i think that was intentional because um the whole point of this, um, there's an underarching story in this movie about um, holding pain within oneself. Um, it gets more, more explored with the cult, but that's what our protagonist has. That's why he gets marked by the creature, the Jotun, Motor. Norse names are complicated, but he gets marked by it. And that is like because he has great pain. He's actually going to be offered to join the cult. Uh, so they're continuing on the path and eventually the leader is the first one picked off. Like I mentioned he, and that's because I believe that he's the one without great pain inside, you know, he's the one that, um, like 
he like I think he does have like he obviously has some pain, you know, because his friend died and everything like that. And but the w- thing is that he tries to lessen the pain of others. Like he's all, he's looking out for the person with the injured leg and he's helping his friend with the injured feet, you know, and he, he's trying to comfort the guy that, um, you know, our protagonist who, uh, you know, he's got the internal pain. He's trying to lessen that. And I think that's why he's ta- gotten rid of first is because he's the one that is lessening the pain. Whereas our protagonist is the one causing the pain with everyone else. Cause he's always fighting and everyone, everything like that. And so that's why I think him and the complainer are actually the last ones picked off. And so after their friend dies, you know, it's, you know, it's just one of those, it's pretty horrific because he's like torn apart on a tree and stuff like that. Oh, creepy. There are a lot of creepy um, shots in the movie. Like um, when you first see the creature, like it's hand move. Yeah. Yeah. Remember the first time I saw it, it was kind of, it's not like one of the scariest movies ever made, but it's got this creepy feeling to it. And so eventually the outsider then dies, you know, and it's just him and the complete protagonist and the player. And eventually they get to this, um, uh, like the settlement here. And, but it turns out it's actually run by a cult that worships it. And so they're preparing the complainer to be sacrificed, but they are actually letting, they tell the, our protagonist that he can actually join the cult because he has great pain. You know, all he has to do is bow to it, you know, which, um, I tried to see if there's anything about this in the mythology, but like I said, it was pretty vague and like they switched a lot of the times they're actually just trolls. So it's kind of the weird things with mythology, stuff like that, you know, especially cause it's a mythology with a, a language that is so different from, you know, English. So, and like <laughs> a lot of the words are actually it like just mean something else. It's like all the idioms in the Bible and stuff like that. It is crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I can't even, I tried to see if there's anything about Loki being related to it. And, uh, well, that could be like, he could, I'm sure he, in the mythology, he did father many Jotun because, um, uh, Loki is the father of all horses. Yeah. Like all horses. Yep. The, the um, Loki did it. Yeah. It's kind of like the Zeus of the Norse mythology in the sense that he boned a lot of stuff that he really shouldn't have. <laughs> Either way, I was just saying, like, the cult, like, they pain everything like that. <laughs> they want you to... They, the payment for, um you know, bowing to the creature is a long life. Uh, which uh, a lot of the stuff there, like, he finds some stuff, it's like, uh, different people assuming that people have brought it like they have entered the forest they've brought the stuff with them and so he actually pulls out a rifle i'm pretty sure it's um uh again i don't know what type of rifle it is i'm not sure what the swedish rifles used i'm assuming they would just probably it wasn't an enfield or anything like that i think it might have actually been older than it because um he had to load the the rounds in um by itself he couldn't he didn't have a clip or anything for it so the and he, later on he sees like a bunch of like really old people like they're basically just skeletons with like a barely about a bit of flesh on there but they're still breathing and so that might just be what it is like if you get old enough that you just are in this state of like oh kill me please i want to die <laughs> which doesn't seem that um rewarding but i don't know maybe the pain is that um 
that's one of the things is the people that are, the pain is from a fear of death or something like that. Uh, one of the interesting things is that they found this camp from earlier about um, that they had this family. Uh, they find the wallet and it has the picture of the family in it. And there's this one person that is separate from the entire family, you know, which, um, you know, it, it's one of those things where you don't notice it the first time through or you don't think about it until you act, they meet the gr girl leader later on. She's part of the cult. She's the one that explains the stuff to him. So, like, it's not really that subtle in the actual photo, but the way they do it is actually subtle because it's just something that you don't really think about. So, like, she clearly had this pain, you know, something that separated her from the family, just like our protagonist was separated from uh, his family, in quotation marks. So that's why, you know, they want him to join the cult because he's the outsider, even more than the outsider, outsider in their friend group who is just kind of there, not necessarily an outsider. You know, probably a bad term. I should use their names, but, you know, I just feel like it is uh, <laughs> a hassle to, like, have to remember everyone's names. And then you guys would get confused. That's why I'm always trying to say the protagonist. Um, in our previous videos, we mentioned Peter Cushing, stuff like that. So... Either way, they get to the cult, and they, um, this is really when the best, like, you best get to see the creature, the Jotun, Motor, Loki's bastard kid that he won't even see on the weekends, cheapskate. You see him come out of the woods, um, you, like, see the trees moving when he's coming to it. It's pretty big. It's about, um, about the size of a semi-truck, I guess. Uh, like, not the length-wise, but just the height-wise, and it has, um, has four legs, um, arms on top of it's kind of like a centaur kind of look up images from this movie like i it's really hard to describe it it's just got this bizarre it's got a second pair of hands like by its head it's it's creepy as hell like it's a good monster design and um i was looking at the some of the designs for like the jotun and uh some of them actually matched that i'm not sure if they came out after the movie or something like that or if i they're really the oldest one i could like the one that I could find was um this um stone carving and stuff like that. So first thing on Wikipedia, and uh, like it didn't look too much like it, but like I said, pretty vaguely described. It's like a lot of things in mythology, you know. Um, they'll have multiple different descriptions. Sometimes they'll have wings. Sometimes they'll have three heads, so only two. Sometimes they'll have you know multiple tails, stuff like that. You know, it's molded, and so I think that um. This is a like it's a really good creature design, uh, especially the glowing eyes. You never really, it has like this face, but it's like wearing a hood. It's really creepy. So the first time you see it, it's like him busting all the trees and stuff like that. But then once it comes out, it's the um, complainer's wife, you know, and she comes up to him and she you know, puts his her hands on his head and then he starts screaming because then he you get to see what he like it actually is and he sees his face all close off. It's like oh ew, you don't want that thing touching you. Ew. And so it does that, and then it impales him on a tree branch, which sucks, because um, you actually do like these characters. Especially if, you know, you can relate not just to them, but you can relate your friends to them. You know, you like, you can see, like, that's that person in your friend group, you know? And so it's kind of sad, you know, seeing them all go, because that's the main point. It's, like, not that they have exactly the best character development or anything outside of our protagonist and um, the complainer. But um, it's just that, you know, it's like you can really feel them. They seem realistic. 
And so our complainer, you know, he is able to get out of his um, restraints and he um, gets uh, r- the rifle that I mentioned and he actually shoots a guy that tries to like stop him. And so he gets a- uh, X from that guy. And so he has one round left because he only has two rounds. He starts a fire all the decrepit, like still alive, but not really people are. And that starts a fire, causes some chaos. People stop bowing to the creature. So it starts going on a rampage. And so he tries, he sees it killing people and then he shoots it again. And then it just turns over to him. It's like, oh shit. And so he starts running through the woods and then he starts um, seeing like uh, the store from the beginning of the movie where his friend died in. And he like the creature, like before he'd been dreaming about it and stuff like that, having hallucinations. But this time the creature's actually actively like hitting into this stuff. So it's like not clear whether it's just his mind, the creature's playing tricks on him. If it's actually warping reality, if there's something about the place where he's at. So eventually like he gets knocked down and the creature's about to kill him, but it stops because he's actually technically bowing to it. And when he's bowing down, he um looks over and he sees his friend again on the ground. And so he decides to grab the ax and he hits the creature and he's able to actually get away and he gets the out, outside of the wood and the creatures, the Jotun, Motor, Loki's bastard son that he only ever sees on the weekends because he's a cheapskate. <laughs> he, uh, like, looks back at it and it stopped there because it can't get it, leave the forest, apparently. And so he just yells at it, you know. It's one of those things where it's like he's been through hell and he's finally escaped and just yells at it. You know, it's, it just seems like just a natural reaction to it. And it, it's a really good at and like it makes it makes you feel like yes he made it out woohoo you know even though he's lost everything you just feel exhausted and everything that's really good ending i think that might actually be like what sells it for me like they could have just done the depressing like oh he almost gets it out and then nope or he decides to bow down to it you know and stay there forever but no he he escapes not sure how you'd explain it to every anyone you know about um how everyone else is dead now too <laughs> But uh, yeah, I really like the movie. Um, I think for a Netflix movie, it's really, especially considering all the other ones they made, like um, Open House, that movie, that one movie was terrible. I watched those two on the same day. Absolutely awful. You know, it was my first time watching The Ritual too. So like, the, I was the, my first time watching Netflix horror movies. Oh man, Open House was bad, but The Ritual was actually really good. And like I said, it's really the relationship between the characters you know, you actually care about them because they're realistic, not necessarily because, I mean, like, that's the thing. They're not really likable, likable. Like, it's just more like they're realistic. You believe them as characters and you want them to succeed because they remind you of your friends. And then when they start to get picked off, it's a little sad. You know, I'm not exactly going to cry for any of the characters or anything like that. And the idea of, like, the pain one feels inside, that's something that was really interesting. Especially because, like I mentioned, my theory is that the, why it took out the leader first was because he was the one that lessened the pain, you know, for everyone else. And the creature doesn't like that. He likes them having the pain so that they can um, worship him. And that might actually be why he picks them off one by one until he gets to the last person is to increase their pain so that they'll be more willing to bow down to him, you know, take it away. You know, which... <laughs> It's kind of like the saying, you know, create a problem, sell a solution. Why cure a patient when it's easier to treat them? So it it doesn't take away the pain, you know, that you feel, but it makes you be able to avoid it 
forever, you know? And I, I think the reason for the immortality part was because um you don't see them in the afterlife because that will cause you more pain, you know? Which, depending on your religious belief, might actually be the same. But I don't know what Norse mythology really is for um, death outside of Valhalla. So I'm really not sure like how that would work in with everything. Like if that or if, like I said, the mythology part is really more based around the creature. And that's about it. Like it doesn't, Odin doesn't make an appearance or anything like that. And I really think the movie was just really good. It was um, well shot. Um, you know, the writing was good. The characters, like I said, the dialogue is like, it feels pretty realistic. You know, the guy where he's complaining about shit and then they're all like, no, he's just overreacting and everything like that. <laughs> it, it really, like I said, I can relate to the complainer. I don't know about the rest of you guys listening to this. I really would recommend it. If you already have Netflix, you know, give it a watch. I don't say it's worth getting Netflix. Um, I, I think it's a reason to keep it. That and Outlaw King. I really wish they would have physical copies made. Because uh, I don't like having to read the description off of a, you know, website. The cast all does a good job. You know, our main character and everyone else, like, they just fit their roles really, really well. So, yeah, I'd recommend The Ritual. Check it out if you have Netflix. I'm sorry once again for uploading so late, and I'm really hoping this one goes through this time. And I'm sorry it's just me today. Um, hopefully I'll get the boy, you know, for next time. You know, but uh, either way, I hope you guys have a good day, night, whatever time you're listening to this. And uh, thank you for coming and listening to the Monster Island Podcast. <laughs>